On Monday Motivators today, we're having a chat with our friend Tan Chung Liang, founder of Red Red Botat Head, an eatery with twisted Malaysian flavors. All right, cutting straight to the chase. Uh, you grew up during the '97 financial crisis. Can you talk us through what your family faced in that that time? It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, man. So typically, what happened was. To keep it really simple, we lost everything. The house, the cars, wow. the the dreams that we had. So I had plans to go to UCLA. My my dad had set aside cash. Uh, you know, I was going to go there, get a job there, and kind of, you know, have a foothold in, in the real world, mm. so to speak. Okay. So all that was gone. Effectively and essentially, overnight, we became Pasamalam kids. Oh. So it was a huge drop. Like, I went to private school, had a nice car with a really cool... Audio system, yeah. All, you know, <laughs> like you know, being typical seventeen-year-olds, right? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you had the the six, the CD changer. Yeah, yeah. All that, all that went out the window. We became pasamalam kids overnight. So it was humbling. It was potentially soul crushing, and you had you had to find a way to get out of this. Okay. To to make something out of it. I mean, you know, there was dreams. Oh, UCLA and whatnot. And then here we are stuck, pretty much rock bottom. So where do we go from here? So sink or swim. So we we come from a family of nine kids. Wow. Same mom, same dad. Yeah. Uh, just to give you an idea, I'm the eldest. Right. So burden of responsibility. Uh, the youngest was just born, ninety-eight February boy. So he had he grew up during that right. period of time. Had no idea what we were doing before that. The older four, I would say, had had a kind of gauge. Like we knew the good times, and then bam, all that was taken away. So that that was a shock to the system. Hmm. Right. Um, there wasn't really like a lead up to it. It was like just boom. Right. Mm. Okay. Here we go, guys. Deal with it. Okay. So then you're 17 at this point. Yeah. And and, and then you used Pasamalam Kids. You, you used that phrase. What, what Can you paint a picture first? What exactly does that mean? The, the thing that stands out for me is like being a typical Malaysian, you go in and get your Asam Laksa, you buy your onions in the typical Pasamalam, you buy your Apam Balik and whatever else. But you never know the guy's names. Mm. He's the Apam Balik kid. Or that's the Laksa boy. Or soybean that's the auntie. Uncle, uh, soybean mm-hmm. auntie. Don't know where she lives, don't care. Don't mm. know what she drives, don't care. Don't know who her family is, don't really bother. Mm. So it doesn't really hit you until you're, you're in those shoes mm. and then you're the soybean auntie or you're the right. quay boy. Right. Mm. And then, and that's in a way humbling, but also because you're in, you're in rock bottom kind of a, kind of a phase, you kind of, you kind of feel overwhelmed by the possibilities that can come because it's upwards only from there. Mm. Mm. So, so, so that helped quite a fair bit. Um, but I think that was the thing that stood out for me. Like, I was literally a no one. Nobody knew my name. Nobody cared, which is cool. And then, and then you kind of just forged a way out of it. So yeah, that was the main thing that stuck with me. All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into Tan Chung Liang's seventeen-year-old brain to figure out what the solution was. What was it that you did? to help the family on Monday Motivators today. He's the founder of Red Red Botahe, an eatery with twisted Malaysian flavors. On Monday Motivators today, we're having a chat with Tan Chung Leong, founder of Red Red Botahe, an eatery with twisted Malaysian flavors. Okay, so you are in the Pasamalam with your family, those old enough to help you out. This is where you're at. Mm-hmm. How do you grow new dreams and then direct yourself towards those to get out what was the next step for you? I think the main thing was, you know, if you've ever been in a Pasamalam, it's it's not always a frenzy all the time. Sometimes when it rains or or you know, or it's early early in the day, like three thirty, no one's there yet. Uh, you've got time to think. I would I would constantly catch myself in two minds. 
one part of my mind would be in the present, like here talking to you guys or there trying to sell stuff. And the other half of my brain would be like, okay, what's next, Liang? How do I get out of this? What do I do? How do I... So that, that split mode kind of kind of mentality kind of kind of stuck with me for the longest time. So I think that, that helped me to get to where I am today, like to get out of it. So you're thinking of solutions. You're thinking of who to call, who to network with. And you know nobody gives two hoots about the pasamalam boy, so you had to, you had to hustle. convince. Yeah, you had to hustle. You had to convince. Like, hey, you know, I can do this. I can provide this. And right. so the the next step out was oddly enough getting a record deal. Oh, would you believe it? How? Wait, hang on. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so how, you'd be thinking, "Quesala pasamalam boy, record deal. How does it work?" Uh, but that that was that was interesting. So so in that same manner, hustling and trying out different things and working on so many different facets and and leaving no stone unturned, I I bumped into Juita Suito, mm-hmm. who owns a record deal, and they were looking for someone to write a song for their Christmas play. Mm. So I said, "Me." Okay. Having having never written a song for a Christmas play, I was just putting myself out there, like you know, try. Wait, hang on, hang on. Do yeah. you have any musical background at this point? I learned to play the piano myself, which is a story on its own. Okay. Like okay. to cut along that that story short, I was in the midst of my math math exam. The power went out. I went downstairs to a piano that has never been used in my house. Opened it up <laughs> and started playing. Like I kid you not, my sisters will vouch for this. My parents will vouch for this. I had no formal lessons. I opened it up. The first song that I remember playing. Was boys to men, what? end of the road. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, this works, <laughs> like for real, wow. like for real." Wow. Okay. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. So, so, so that was the piano side, and so I needed to be specific this time. I mean, it's not every day you get to write a Christmas song, mm-hmm. and I remember it was a play about animals in the in the barn during yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that narrows the scope a lot more. I'm yeah. like, how do I do this? <laughs> but you know, you never try, you never know. Okay. That's uh, true. Can I ask, was this part of your forward plan? Because you 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 were talking about having the two minds, the now yep. dealing with the problems now and then how do I get out of it? Yep. And was music part of that big plan like I need to get from here to to music or was that not a concrete thing? No. So music was a glorious pit stop in this in this generous plan, plan that that kind of derailed everything else. Right. In a good way, in a good way. A beautiful accident. Yeah, very much so. So I I think it was it was great that it happened uh, because it made a lot more things possible the people I met like you guys uh, all that came from being in entertainment and music. So by and large it it turned out I mean it wasn't planned for but it turned out so much better. And even from, you know, at that point in time a financial point of view, you're trying to hustle to make to make the cash, to make the dough, and that was great. So that particular journey brought me all the way to to radio, getting my songs played on radio, to the AIM Awards. Not too shabby for Pasamalam. Not, not bad. Too yeah, not for too the queer shabby. boy. Yeah. yeah. On Monday Motivators today, we are having a chat with Tan Chung Liang, founder of Red Red Butter Head, and eatery with twisted Malaysian flavors and music. It seems there you are with your family at Pasamalam, mm-hmm. doing proper, honest hard work to yep. support the family. Then you springboard off to Christmas songs that take you on tours and basically away from the family. Like from a typical Asian family's point of view, like were they supportive of this or were they like scared going, we need you, you're the guy? Yeah. They eventually became proud when when they saw that, hey, Mm. You know, my mom has newspaper clippings from back in the day that she still keeps until this very day. It's like 15, oh, 20 years old. She does. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's nice. Uh, she frames them up. She mm. keeps... She's in her late 60s now, but she still keeps copies of like magazines from yeah. <laughs> teeny bopper magazines. I'm like, <laughs> mom, you don't even read this. <laughs> so that was cool. 
What did your siblings think, though? Because they didn't have to be so judgmental, right? Yeah. So I was the cool brother in the house for the longest time. Like, oh, Koko Liang's song is on radio now. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing. Or you turn on turn on um, Astro mm-hmm. and then, hey, it's Koko Liang's music video. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. That was cool. And, you know, I take them out to make, you know, because they're all like young and everything. So I take them out to McDonald's. We'd have a good time, try and spend some time with them, bond with them. Because the youngest at that point was like six, mm. seven. And then you've got like, you know, seven yeah. others in between, between me and... So there's nine of us. So it, I, I felt it was it was imperative to have family time and bond, especially knowing, you know, the way things were with my mom and dad. Yeah. So I was like the father figure. Okay. Right. Yeah. That was me juggling multiple hats. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so which leads us to another point mm-hmm. um, that you have changed the narrative once again. I mean, we've kept opening <laughs> that. This is Monday Motivators and we're chatting with Tan Chung Liang, who's the founder of Red Red Bota Head. And we keep saying an eatery with twisted Malaysian flavors. And people are listening going, yeah, but you keep talking about kueh and music. What about the <laughs> restaurant stuff? So that's what we're going to cover next. On Monday Motivators this morning, we're having a chat with Tan Chung Liang, founder of Red Red Botai Head, an eatery with twisted Malaysian flavors. Okay, so what we've covered so far is at 17 years old, your family was in quite a bit of strife. Mm-hmm. Um, you took it upon yourself to, to do something to help the family out. Yep. Uh, you had your dreams put on hold. Yeah. And then you go to Pasmalam. You're selling kueh. You studying. S- at studying at the same yeah. time, exactly. Yep. You score a record deal. Yep. And then you decide this is the way that you're going to, to get out, as, so to speak, yeah. right? Uh, it's all part of your big plan. And then you go into F&B. Yeah. How did that happen? So I was in I was in entertainment for like 10 odd years. And so after 10 odd years, I realized like, okay, I kind of know how this this segment works. So what's next? Right. So very nice mm-hmm. the challenge. And being pure blood Hainanese that I am, and you know, in honoring the legacy of my forefathers, <laughs> I decided, hey, let's open, a, <laughs> let's open an F and B outlet. Everybody talks about F and B being, oh, it's quick cash, and it's a dream being your own boss. Mm. So I'm like, hey, why not? It's mm. a challenge. People tell me about the long hours and all the other challenges that come along with it. But hey, you never you never know what it's like until you set foot in that boat. That's very true, which yeah. you know firsthand. Oh right? yeah. So I had I had two choices. I could have just gone, okay, I'll just sell roti baka and eggs and coffee and just do mm. something simple, mihun goreng kind of a thing. Yeah. So that was one way of doing it. Or in my mid thirties, I could decide, let's enroll in culinary school, do something proper. And then, when you come out and open your own place, you've got a slightly more solid foundation. Okay, yeah. 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 Wow. And, and so, that's what I did. So, in my mid-30s, and all, I kid you not, all my classmates were half my age. <laughs> so, you're cutting onions alongside 17-year-olds. I'm like, do I really want to be here? <laughs> kind of a thing. Uh, so, yeah. I enrolled in culinary school in my mid-30s, graduated, worked for them for a few months just to kind of know, you yeah. know what goes on behind the scenes and everything. Mm-hmm. Came out and opened my own place uh, in Subang called Whoop Whoop. Yeah, love the place to bits. Still bittersweet that I had to close it over the pandemic, but hey, life happens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in all these transitions, yeah, entertainment F and B. What was the most unexpected lesson that you took away from these challenges? I'm not sure if it's a lesson per se, but I do have a saying that's kind of stuck with me all this while. You got to smile and you got to carry on. Mm. Like you know, because you never know what life's gonna throw at you. Uh, and you never know to what extent you can kind of roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. I mean, you roll with the punches somewhat, uh, but you never know if you'll be able to handle the next blow. So, you know, as best as you can, you smile and you carry on to the best of your God-given ability. What is Red Red Bosakhead? Okay. I mean, and, and how did that happen? Because you closed, you know, what went down? Yeah. 
Um, so Red Red Botak Head was born during the pandemic. It was kind of like, you know, it rose from the ashes of Whoop Whoop, like the phoenix that it is. <laughs> so, so, and I chose the name Red Red Botak Head. Everyone says, oh, because you've got no hair. So that was kind of like the easy one. We are all of a certain age. Red Red Botak Head was a popular Malaysian rhyme, kind mm-hmm. of a, like a schoolboy mm. chant. Like yeah. a taunt, kind of a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you've got Red Red Botak Head, you've got Yellow Yellow, yellow Dirty Fellow. fellow. Yeah, and, and you've got a few others that I can't remember. Brown Brown Go to Town. Yeah, there you go. And then the last line we wouldn't say on Yeah, <laughs> not on this mic. Yeah. So, so when, or rather when I was figuring out what kind of cuisine or what kind of concept, and when Red Red Botak Head came to mind, I think it was just natural to do or, you know, to give credibility to, to local cuisine. Mm. I'm talking about Malaysian cuisines, our laksas, for example, our nasi lemak, the way we do our rice. So, rather than go down the route of pastas and risottos and everything else, this was a case of reimagining local flavors and using staples. So, the rice, the noodles, but reimagining it. So, I'll give you an example. We do a really good laksa, but it's not a regular laksa, it's an unagi laksa. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And the broth is a combination. It's it's a combination of Johorian and Alosta influences. So it's a little bit of everywhere, but it's Malaysian. Because right. you know, we can relate to what a laksa is like. You've yeah. got that, yeah. that spicy broth. Yeah. Um It's a laksa rojak. Uh yeah. In in <laughs> a different way of looking way, at yeah. it. Yeah. So so that was that's something else that's something that we sell. We also do um Onde Onde shoe pastries. Huh? So oh, you, yeah, not shoes as in what you wear. Yeah, it's not not on C-H-O-U-X. your feet. Non. So yeah, because yes. you normally are bliss, blissfully unaware. No, it's okay. cool. You'll get yeah. more bliss when you when you put. I <laughs> will. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's the marketing right there. <laughs> but that that what I'm interested in that that decision mm-hmm. to actually venture into something new again post pandemic after having to effectively yeah. close down that old dream. Yep, yep. How did that? that spring up how how did Red Red Bota Head spring up you mean yeah yeah because you're coming off the, the, the back end of you know closing one F&B yeah. business down into and then transitioning into another one yeah right. so I mean you know with, with everything that you do in life they will always leave a mark on you it's in your decisions that you make it's, it's, it's in your subconscious dreams that you that you conjure up in the middle of the night this, this goes back again to having that objectivity like, for example, if I was too emotionally attached to Whoop Whoop, I'd be like, oh, okay, it's gone, it's gone. I'll, I'll just, you know, curl up into a fetal position and cry my heart out mm. and, and just stay there. But, but having a degree of emotional detachment, you know, so, so then you start thinking, okay, what's next? How can I move on? So it's, I will still honor the legacy that of, of what happened with Whoop Whoop and everything else. We've had amazing memories there. People proposed there and we had weddings there and we had amazing events there. But, um, but what's next? Mm. So I think having having that having that objectivity, having that peripheral view, so to speak, kind of allowed me to like venture into it without without too much grieving, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, circumstances also changed, though. I mean, after all, this was during the MCO mm-hmm. when things were really locked down and tight, yeah. and then things opened up, and so that dream is sort of scratching in the back of your head, right? Yeah, always. Okay. So I think that's how you know how you know how much you want to do it. Like if you if it was really your calling, if it was really something you wanted to pursue, regardless of you know how long you stayed in lockdown, that that dream that scratching never went away. Mm-hmm. So so then you got to figure out okay, so when things open up again, which you know you have to buy yeah. your time. So when things open up again, what's the next? What's the first step? And then what's the next step? So I kicked off with a little pop up in Central 
and and it was it was great. You you get that that verification like okay you know you're on the right path. People yeah. were getting your stuff and they were loving it and they were coming back again and again. I'm like mm. I'm onto something here, guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And that's why we do Monday Motivators. We've been chatting with Tan Chung Liang, founder of Red Red Water Head and Eatery with Twisted Malaysian Flavors. I want to wish you the best of luck, but you're the kind of person who doesn't really need it because, you know. <laughs> I'll take it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. You can listen Most to this welcome. again on the Light Breakfast Podcast and that's on the Shock app.